welcome guys to tales from the plantation volume 51 um we're back again with another monthly episode just before we get started i want to remind you that you can catch us on spotify on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, anywhere you get good podcasts and if you want to follow us on social media it's at tales from the Pla- oh at tales from the plantation on instagram at plantation tales on twitter Facebook tells in the plantation. I tried to do the the really smooth intro. It didn't work. That's all right. I'll get them in fifty two. I'll get them in fifty two. And it's me, your host, Harry Tubman, trying and and sort of failing to lead you all to freedom. We also have with us. It's your boy Tunde. You can catch me at tftp underscore Tunde T U N D E on Instagram and Twitter. And we also have Nezzy. Don't find me. <laughs> and we shan't. But you also have a special guest who shall remain nameless, I guess. What's your podcast name? K Dot? A guy. A I'm guy. A, I'm a guy from Trinidad. A guy from Trinidad. Is a guy from Trinidad. <laughs> we'll just call him Trini Man. Call him Trini Man. Trini Man sounds fine. So it's Trini Man is also here with us. Um, yes, yes, and he wanted to he wanted to jump in on this first very strange topic. <laughs> Do that! I wanted to jump in. <laughs> I don't, it's not really an article. Him, I the, it was, he was just cracking me up. So I was just like, maybe you should come. It's an article that I don't quite fully understand, but I'm just going to read it from the Independent. <laughs> so it says, a Nashville hotel guest woke up to find the night manager allegedly sucking his toes according to police david neal was arrested by metro nashville police department and charged with aggravated burglary and assault so yeah he just cloned a key card let himself into the guest room around 5 a.m on the 30th of march peter brennan who's from texas said that he was asleep inside his room at the city's hilton hotel when the alleged assault took place i was in nashville for a work conference <laughs> I awoke to a gentleman, an employee of the Hilton, assaulting me. I instantly jumped up and was screaming, went into sort of fact-finding mode. Who are you? Why are you in my room? What are you doing here? I could see he was wearing a uniform. Sorry, he had his name tag on. This is he how was we talking know to me, but not man. giving any substantive answers. You I'm awoke to somebody sucking your toe and you PTSD, awoke. Talking to a therapist. I went into fact-finding mode. Who are you? Why are you in my room? Why are you sucking? Like... <laughs> what? Now, to be fair, those are quite important questions. I mean, like, why are you... Th- first reaction if you're in shock if you've woken up like i feel like the first thing you're like what's happening Who? no 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 that's not that's not my first question my first I, there's no question for me it's fight we have to fight that's the first thing that that's you do exactly what, this is what trini man said no so trini man you need to you need to get right in here but what what is Come what in. is your thoughts on this on this topic what what would you so what would you do if you were if you suddenly you just woke up and someone's just just sucking on those toes. <laughs> I think what I'd probably do first is size up the individual. <laughs> yes. I'd make sure. I'd probably like stiffen my leg and hit him one hard kick to probably break his nose. Then after I'd do the fact finding session. But that wouldn't be my first, my first reaction. My first reaction would probably be like to, to deal with the individual who whoever they, they are. Because he, a guy just sucking your toes, that's a bit weird. What do you mean that's a bit weird? I think no. I think I honestly think he said, he said think, what he said. He said just yeah, a little think, bit weird. I think I think assault is the, I think assault is is the right way. And it's not even assault, it's defending yourself. Because he's sucking your toe, bro. 
I just I think the I think the guy's reaction is so calm. If I woke up and some first of all, actually, this is different. So this is what I asked Trini Man. I was like, if you woke up and the person sucking your toes was a good looking woman, would your reaction be different? It would be different. <laughs> it would. Absolutely. It would be different. Absolutely it would be different. You know what, Trini Man, I respect you so much. I explain to the individual is that is if it's a, a woman now. I don't, I would probably, if I attacked her, whatever it is like that, I'm sure Twitter is going to come for me and say, oh, well, look at your size. You didn't have to attack the woman. You could have just initially pushed her off. You probably have some deep-seated root issues or something like that. So I would have pulled away my leg and said, please, could you not suck my toe? Rightly, <laughs> leave my room. That's why I was done. Please leave my room. <laughs> Ex- excuse me, please. Do do you mind? Yeah, exactly. I would expect him as a white person as well. Definitely. Because for some reason, they're all spinning out to make me look like the bad guy. I'm a black man sleeping in my room, and I would look like the bad guy because I had a problem with a white woman sucking I'll be real. Toe. If it was a white woman sucking my toe, I would just try and back away slow. I, I don't know. I'd back away slowly, just to the size of the room, and just try and like okay. find some sort of rape alarm and call for help, boy. Because Especially in the United States. You, do you yeah. heard about the news where this, this white Don't police woman broke in, went in, quote unquote, the wrong, the wrong apartment and shot a man. And people were saying, okay. and people, and, and it took so long for them to just, to file charges and stuff like that. There was this big debate about her being wrong or not. It's like. Okay, I, I'll yeah. give you that. I'll add, I'll add a layer to it. What if it's none of those previous examples and it's Rihanna? Well, if you wake up, you look down, and it's Rihanna. I guess the question would be, am I mad <laughs> or not? <laughs> right. What? Exactly. I never, Correct. I never added to it. I'll be real. If, it was, if, it, if it's Rihanna I'm not married, I'm letting her finish. I don't care. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what kind of nonsense is this podcast descended onto? I'm letting okay, No, no. Do you know what? This is why we have the balance of two men and one woman on the podcast. Do you see how as soon as we get three men on the podcast, it's just I'm serious. You're no, saying no. if Morris Chestnut, if no, you woke no. up and it was Morris, Morris Chestnut, Chestnut, and you weren't married, you wouldn't let him Morris, continue? No. Oh, stop lying. That's not true. You're lying. You're lying. Because even if Morris Chestnut intruded and started, I don't want Morris Chestnut sucking on my toes without my consent. I don't care if it's Morris Chestnut. I don't want you sucking on my toes without my consent. I don't even like toe sucking. Actually, to be honest, I never experienced toe sucking, so I couldn't say. But. Really? No, but. But, well, so, I don't so feel like I want Morris Chestnut sucking my toes. So here's, so here, okay, you make a very good point. And just so everyone is clear, the consent is absolutely necessary. Of course, we, yes, it's that. a given, please. Okay, that's clear. Before anyone tries to However, cancel us. I want, I want to stand 10 toes on this. If I woke up and it was uh, Rihanna or, the worst thing is, I can't even, I try to think of, oh, would I say Beyonce? I feel like Beyonce herself would be like, don't put my name in this. Don't put my name in this. <laughs> so, so yeah. If it's a Rihanna or oh, what's her face from from Scandal? Oh, uh, Carrie Washington. No, no, the not Scandal. How to get away with murder. The Viola Davis. Viola Davis. The black the black intern girl. What's her? The what? The black intern girl from... I don't, I don't actually... Oh, oh I know about... I know you're speaking about, but I can't remember her name. Yeah. Is it Aja Naomi King? Yes! Aja Naomi King? Listen. 
Okay, now we're just getting to a list of uh, Tunde's fetishes of. Who no, it's not fetish. It's just, it's just it's, it's not women he it's, finds. It's women who I'd wake up and I'd be like, "Shall be like, You shouldn't. You should have asked me. However, please. Continue. I won't hold it against you. No, but shall tell you, no, shall tell you what? I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I. Res- this is gonna sound controversial, but I respect this guy, the guy that sucked the toes. Please him. explain. Shall I tell you why I respect him? America, they'll shoot you for anything. This guy was so True. dedicated to to sucking somebody's toes. They went into a random. Gu- True. That's. That's, uh, yeah, and it wasn't just anyone I've never seen in my Texas. life. In Texas? <laughs> that was in Texas. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> and he just said, cool. I'm just... <laughs> it depends on what. No, I was just going to say, it depends on what state he was in. Yeah, it was Texas. Yeah, if it's New York, it's not that big a if deal. Like... In state, then, then, then I would say he was brave. If it's a state that... There's no gun carrying. Yeah, like New York. Like, like New York's not that big a deal. But like Texas or like one of those southern states... And you're just gonna break in someone's room and just suck their toes. Where was it? It says where it was. In the, yeah, it was Texas. It was Texas. It's Texas. The oh, man's wow. crazy. Yeah, and that's why he's fully locked up. That he's fully unhinged. Not only yeah, did he do crazy, it, to be honest. He did it in a state where people are oh, no, like, Na- no, Texas. Nashville. Sorry, it was Nashville. So it's Tennessee. It was Tennessee. Nashville, oh, Tennessee. Yeah. So Nashville, southern. Tennessee, Missouri, that's like all those those southern states where they love to carry concealed weapons and stuff. You're gonna run up on someone and intrude on somebody. Um, not even a woman, a man that you yeah, do not know. That's mad. And and try and suck on their toes. That's and that wild. man at any point in the night and just he was like, "I'll die for this." He'll, I'll die for these toes. And that's what I was thinking about as well. Is like, did he see his toes or something prior to that? Nice feet, yeah. That's a good point because, yeah, because did he did he keep going from room to room or did he just suddenly, <laughs> <laughs> or did he just decide on it was a Russian roulette oh. of toes? No, you know, imagine like imagine if he had. He was just sort of imagine like, if he had. This, this is the thing. I don't. Do I want to enter the mind of this man? The more you think about it, the more unhinged it is because we've established now that he's risk death. Second of all, that he was probably looking at people's toes beforehand and Candidates. selected a victim. This, no, that's... this man needs to be locked up. Okay, first of all, I want you to understand that he worked at a Hilton, okay? He was just thinking about the guest experience. He wanted to make sure that every guest had the best experience possible. <laughs> no, he that's was trying to select high-quality toes. He's like, I only want five-star hotel... Prime toes. <laughs> He's like, I only want five-star hotel atten- attendee toes. He's like, I I'm not, this guy I'm not going to a five-star hotel and sucking anyone's toes. He's like, I'm only choosing people who I know can afford... Pedicures. That's it. But here's the thing, and, 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 that's, and I respect that at least. But I'm not gonna lie, that's a harrowing experience, though. I'd be shook if that happened to me. No, I would be very because you think about it. Because this guy said PTSD, and I thought PTSD, <laughs> but then I thought about it, bro. You wake up to someone sucking your. T- Do you know how mad that is? Like you're yeah. in a hotel, you feel like you're safe, and someone's just <laughs> sucking your. That is so mad. And also the thing is, I also feel like the reason why it's worse is because if you tell people, like people aren't going to take that as seriously. Yeah, uh, no that's the worst thing about it. But it's actually not like, and I, you know what I, what I was saying to Trudy Man is that as a woman as well, if I woke up and a man was doing that, I actually wouldn't do anything. I would just pretend to continue sleeping. That's good. yeah, yeah. You have to as a woman. If I wake up and the man realizes I'm awake, I'm risking that he's going to like rape me or do something that's even worse. So actually, like in the grand scheme of things, things like sucking toes is probably as a woman, that is probably the best outcome you could have. That's the best outcome for you. Like the best, like if I woke up and that was happening, I would literally like 
I would hope my phone was near enough by that I could probably like try and you know like put it towards me and text somebody. But I wouldn't make I wouldn't make the person aware that I was there. But do you know, do you know, do you know what's crazy as well? Because this guy he kept his uniform on and his name tag. Do you know how unhinged that is? <laughs> <laughs> this guy's. He didn't mind. He didn't mind being identified. He's like, I want you to know is me, David. I suck those toes. Right, leave it in the review. That was absolutely disgusting. I don't need to. I think I would. I would need to. Um, I would need to to beat him up. You need to beat him up. Or I need to do something. Yeah, Even if the do. guy was bigger than me, and there's a chance that the guy holding me don't want to rape me, I would need to to attack the guy. Why? Because I guess where I'm from, I can't just go back home and tell people I let a guy suck my toe. <laughs> I think you'll get bigger props if you say a guy suck your toe, your, your foot and your nose. And you <laughs> you let, him, let him suck your toe, please. So I can't go back to Last, you can say, I valiantly like a man, I, I fought back. But if you go back to your boys and they ask you, what did you do? I said nothing. Yeah, that's mad. <laughs> that's mad. That's mad. That's absolutely insane. If you say, no, I just, I just let him do it. Yeah, you have to you have to deal with that. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I mean, we're going too deep into this man's twisted mind. Yeah. All I will say, guys, is consent is um, consent is key. When you want to suck those no, toes. No, and also, also, let's start kink shaming. <laughs> I, I'm sick of this what? stuff about we don't need to kink shame. We don't need to kink shame. Yes, we do. Like, kink shame people for some of their kinks. Like, your foot fetish. Like, if you have a fetish for, for sucking toes, see where, it, see where it ends up. Look at this man. This is, this is <laughs> she said see where it ends up. I am kink shaming you right now. Stop where you are. I personally feel attacked, but anyway, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kink shaming people today. And I have a list of them. Golden showers, toes. No, no, sucking. golden showers, I think that should you should be shamed for that. Because that's unhygienic. That's not right. and cut, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, 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 no that needs that needs to be shamed. You can't be pooing and peeing on people. Although the marriage bed is undefiled though, so it is defiled. No, that is defiled. It Tunde, what's your opinion? Is that is that def- is that defining the marriage bed? It's not for yeah, me personally. Oh, it's not for I you. Even, I, I could be king shaming personally. However, hey, listen. If if you find someone and you lot are both into your thing, do your thing, Rude boy. Do your thing. As long as you. But then, how does it work? Because my thing is, I don't think that I don't even think peeing on somebody can work, really. Because what do you mean? No, it no. Works. Because you have to change the sheet. Like, what do you it, mean it works? Oh, there's. Sorry. Let's pause. <laughs> Wait. What do you mean it was? There's like, lots of reasons why you might. Wait, wait, wait. Let, let Trini Man speak. Let Trini Man speak. Hold up. What's her name? Young Miami. So that she likes golden showers. Yes. It works for her. Yes. I'm sure it works for her. Okay, well, it doesn't work for me. And as long as you know that, that's. <laughs> no, but, but my, my thing is, yeah, when you do, I, I just think, I don't. the reason I don't think it works is because, say you do, you do it on a bed, inevitably some of it gets sprayed and will find its way into the mattress. You That can't work. The, mattress protectors are a thing there's 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 ways around it and there's plenty of reasons why the sheets might get dirty so i mean that's if true that, if it's so i mean you don't do it you don't do what you want to do all i'm saying is that one could never 
can't find me doing that. Anyway, um, yeah. Anyway, okay, moving on from that. So you're thinking about uh, after dark. This is this is what happens when we start so late. Yeah, I just want to let you know. Right. right. <laughs> thinking about uh, anybody's gonna go. All right. Thank you so much for coming Thank you, on, bro. bro. Hey guys, enjoy the podcast. Thanks, man. Um, so moving on from disgusting toe sucking endeavors. Um, to did you guys disgusting, disgusting... fingers tampons <laughs> endeavors? <laughs> I mean, did anyone see? Um, I mean, I actually haven't watched a bit of the Cory Nash personally. I also, I just wanted to just quickly, where did this thing of like, I guess, shortening words come from? I feel like it started oh. with the pandemic, like Panny, like the Panny, yeah, and then the Cosy Lives, and uh. What was it called? I think that's always been a British thing. I know it's been it, always been a British, it? but I feel like it it caught really big with like Cozzy Lives and then uh, Platty Jubes. And I think Platty Jubes was the first one that went like big. I don't remember Platty Jubes. Diamond, Platy Diamond, Platinum. Yeah, no, I... Diamond, Platinum. Platinum Jubilee. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Cor- the Corey Nash, did you guys watch the Corey Nash? The only thing I watched was that cringe um, quote unquote gospel choir. I want to crawl under the bed and die. I'd, so uh, can we just... I watched the whole thing. As I watched a, the whole thing for journalistic purposes. For journalistic purposes. So as a disclaimer, <laughs> I want to say first, um, those singers, the ones that were in the quote-unquote gospel choir, those are great. Those are actually great singers. Great, great no, 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 no. Hold on. When I say... Oh, I die, it wasn't because vocally there was anything wrong with their performance. So let me just make that clear. Vocally, beautiful vocals, beautiful gowns, However, I just this is it. The fit, like that, that's, they, they were beautiful, like I flawless. Like I'm, I'm not faulting the vocals at all. It was just the entire creative directions of performance. <laughs> I feel like whoever did that deserves to be publicly egged by the black community. Like what the swaying, like what what was that, going on, guys? That was that was as much that was as much ethnicity that they were allowed to display. I think yeah, but so. it was too much ethnicity, and that's the problem. No, but th- this is what I mean because I was I live tw- I was live tweeting because I was bored by it, right? And when it got to them, I was like, "This is great," but I don't understand why you would get a gospel choir if you were just going to ask them to sing the same choral music. Why didn't they just get like honestly? I just feel like you could have got like. If you want, if you want gospel, but with like a more of a classical tinge, they could have got like the London Adventist Chorale. Yeah, there, no, you there were a lot of them. No, no, but I'm sorry, I was just no, because no, because ah, in terms of like black gospel, in terms of like gospel or black singers, yeah, 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 that do that, they're the only ones that I know of that are prominent in the UK. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. in the UK, the London Adventist Chorale. We've got the London Community Gospel Choir, but they do actual like gospel. If you want that kind of classical vibe. Ken Burton and yeah, Ben I think the problem was... But what they did is they got four people who also, to me, sounded like they normally sing gospel. And you can kind of tell do. from how they sound. I know some of them for LCGC, I think. Yeah, so they're great singers, but that's not their traditional style. Well, not traditional, but what they know, their typical style. And then they were just like, do classical music, but make it blacker. So add some hand movements. But no, shall, shall I tell you? No, but I'll explain. Shall I explain why they did that? You saw what happened. Look at what Kingdom Choir did. Kingdom Choir, Paulie did their thing at Harry Meghan's wedding, right? And look how that turned out. We can't have that much blackness again. They said, no, we have to cut the blackness. Or for all you know, Charles might have started, Charles in a couple of years, if he had like a proper black choir, 
he might have, I don't know, started Listen, putting hot sauce in his I, stuff. If, 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 I, if they'd just done it without the swaying, it would have been so much better. Sorry, Tinder, go ahead. No, nah, if I, the, the whole time I was like, I was frustrated by the whole day, right? Because like, like I said, I watched it. I was frustrated by the whole day because there was no source to it at all. No, if no. I had spent hundreds of millions of pounds, you want to give it a little something. Give me, give me, give me a streamer when the Red Arrows flyover is happening. Do like end of concert confetti coming down. Give me a bit of pizzazz, a bit of showtime. No razzle dazzle at all. Not no, even it's like not supposed to be British razzle. razzle. But it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be refined. It's a hundred million. If you wanted no, refined but... and fine, just no, just but, do it. Quietly, yeah, no, but do it that's yeah, the whole point. The Nigerian in you, and to an extent, the Nigerian. It's true. I wanted a whole party. The Nigerian I, in all of us. As I, well. I, I wanted a whole party. <laughs> I will lie to you. I was there like let's get, let's get the talking dramas. He's walking into the church. <laughs> Imagine that would have been. He's lit, walking though. there. Yeah, and then you get the, was... when he's changing his outfit and you're just hearing <laughs> Charlie, Charlie <laughs> He has changed his robe <laughs> He's now I'm, the king <laughs> I'm looking for my Charlie Where's my Charlie? Where my Charlie? <laughs> I'm looking for my and then, and You're seeing Camilla drop his sword just to do... ah. <laughs> I would have gone You know what, the, money um, well spent The king of Did you see their outfits? Phenomenal fabulous i was like yes auntie uncle that's it's giving and and this is it it's like no one gave there was like seven people overall of all of and none of them turned up even just a little bit of dazzle do you know what i mean i want give me i have money that's what <laughs> i want to see if you are going to lord your money over me <laughs> let me at least see put that drip on like, like Give me some chains, like watching the rollies. Do you know what I mean? Like there was no, there was no flashiness to it. Even even his gold one when he's holding the orb and the scepters. I'm like, we've seen this before, man. Give me something new. Can I just? That's what the girls. That's what the girls on TikTok are saying. That what what is it? Money is loud. Wealth is quiet. Old money, quiet luxury. Can I can I just can I just say though? Like if you look, if you remember, if you go back to the gospel choir. If you saw the people in the background, that's the oh, reason. Do, you know, do you know what that gave, do you know what that was giving me? Nezu and Nezu understand this. Growing up, when someone gave a little too much sway in church, and it was yeah. a bit too, it was a bit too vibesy. The old Jamaicans in the back just looking at you vexed. That's what it was giving. It was giving that, but racist boy. I was like, they were in the back, like, what is this nigger crap? But this is why I was just like, I just feel like. That performance just was so cringe to me. I'm sorry. It was just the most cringe. Like, I literally... I can't watch it because the secondhand embarrassment for me is too much. Like, it's just too Listen, much. Listen, I just... And, and, the music, and it's not the vocals or the music. It's no, nothing it just, to it was do a with choreography. Yeah. But the, it was the choreography. But maybe... But listen, oh if, the bag was, if the bag was worth it, if they got serious bag off that... Oh, absolutely. There's no bag that could make that worth it. Because... That it's a cosy lives. Me. It's a cosy lives, bro. Nah. If you're a full time, the thing is, you're saying this. But you're not a full time musician. No. You're not a full time no. musician. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I understand why they did it for the money, but I'm just saying, like, I just feel like the person who told them to do the copy. I, I just feel like it was a white woman called Samantha who said, "Could you just give it? You know, like it's a gospel choir. Just give it a little bit of a sway. Can we just?" Just have a bit of movement. I, I just. But you know what's funny though? It wasn't even the joke is that it wasn't even a gospel choir. 
That's what makes yeah. it even. That's the funniest bit. That was irritating the hell out of me. They were like the gospel choir, and people on Twitter were like the gospel choir. I was like, I saw not a single gospel choir. I saw four very talented black vocalists mm-hmm. singing a classical like classically. And it, again, very talented vocalist. So I didn't want anyone to come away from this podcast with me saying that these people could not sing. Very talented vocalist, beautiful gowns, looked the part, amazing. I did not see a gospel choir. And I just want British media to know that just because two or three black people are gathered together in the name of the Lord, <laughs> Doesn't make it. that's not a gospel choir, mate. That is not a gospel choir. They said we're too Like different. if us start singing together, we're not a gospel choir. That's not <laughs> what it said, is. They said the rule is where two or three nignogs are gathered. It's a gospel choir. Oh my god! <laughs> it's a gospel choir. Oh <laughs> Britain eighteen verse twelve. Uh, um, the other thing I would say, and what I thought, which I thought was is concerning, I don't even know if there's any point talking about how concerning it is at this point because it's just like, I feel like we've gone to a really bad place, and, and it, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, it was so great back in the day, you know. I don't know where the country, you know, is white liberal. I don't know where the country's gone. It was so great back in the day, um, but now with this whole protest where you've got like republic who literally spoke to the police and were like can we protest can we do xyz they're like yeah then they come and they're like confiscating all of their so you can't even pro you can like you couldn't even protest properly and it's like what kind of a democracy do we live in where you Mm -hmm. can't protest i'm like is that a democracy to me it's not like i don't i'm honestly of the opinion now that i don't think we live in a democracy really in this country. Like I had that opinion f- starting from Brexit because I, my belief is that if you, if when you vote on a particular issue, if you're not, if you, if someone uh, lies about it, it should have to be publicly fact corrected and, you know, everyone should know about it so that, you know, it can't just be, um, you can't just disseminate min- misinformation. Otherwise that's not democracy. That's just whatever that is. But I'm like now where you can't, there suddenly like slowly but surely taking away the right to protest and they're giving police the powers that now even if you just look like you're going to protest or like they can just stop you for anything it's like huh because they're not going to give these rights back to us i'm like that's very very concerning so i mean big shout out to republic and all the people that went and protested still and got um locked up for it but i mean it's just i think it's very concerning to me for me the worst part of it was that it wasn't even like the most violent rhetoric. The whole like the worst they did was not my king. Like that's just like work. Very very simple. I cannot imagine what you would have heard if you had had like imagine if Kalechi had been running <laughs> like suck like, your dead mum, Charles. Brav. That's what she would have said. The things would have been. Unreal, and for them to be struggling with not my king, yeah, it's crazy. Listen. It was all very polite protest, to be honest. But they had it to. Even they like, couldn't. They, they... they eggs like it, it. just wasn't like it was nothing. But the the, the fear was very kind of. Um, it was very much on a North Korean tip, like mm-hmm. optics, like. The optics of the day are that everyone in the country is behind this. Yep. And so we know there's a sizable dissent, but we will not allow that to be broadcast and we will not allow that to be a factor of the day because the optics are going to be that the country is behind this and that's the end. And that is, that's very, that's very dictatory, to yeah, be honest. It's, it's, like, <laughs> and that's saying the quiet part out loud. 
Yeah, and that's what I feel like our freedoms are just gradually being eroded. Like the right to protest is a fundamental right of any quote unquote democracy. But I just don't think we we don't live in one like that anymore. Like if you can't if you can't protest, then you know how can you really make how can you really make change? And if and if you are in a space where when votes come around, if you look at what's happening with sorry, this is going going down a tangent. But you look at what's happening with voter ID. You look at what happened at the local elections. I'll be real, I didn't vote at the local elections because I just I'm I'm not voting Labour anymore. Like no way. I I I so I did vote and it's. I think it's only the second time in my voting career that I have not voted Labour and this was intentional and it just felt so much better. Like at this point, I'm like, we, with the outcome, especially in Kent, like the outcome was always going to be either Tory or Tory in red. So, right. yeah. You've got to let, let them know. It's not, my, not on your watch anyway. Oh yeah. I, I gave my, my green... I think mean, we had three votes for the councillors in our in our ward, so it was one green and two Lib Dems. And it felt good. And I feel like there's so only good. there's only a couple like at this point there's not too many Labour MPs I really respect like that. There's like a couple like you know Zara and you well, know. Well, Diane's got <clears throat> Diane's got booted out. So that yeah, Diane's yeah. booted out. Like Jeremy's booted out. Jeremy's like won. you've got. I mean, yeah like Zara <laughs> and like a couple others like I think I don't think like Richard Bergen or Nadia's not too bad but there's so many of them that are just just consistently you know what, honestly the two that like, I cannot stand the most Jess Phillips and David Lammy I think are the absolute uh, the reason and the reason I can't stand the reason I can't stand them is because they're just so disingenuous and they're so lacking in integrity like i like i cannot stand it i almost prefer like a tory with their chest oh i do Do you know what i mean like a full uh, like i actually prefer a full-chested tory than i do people like david lammy i feel like david lammy when we first started this podcast yeah to be honest i just wanted to say this i called david lammy mook of the week and i can't even remember what he did but he has been mooking his entire life, ever since he broke up with June Sarpong, that man has been an absolute menace. <laughs> the only thing that he did correctly was call out the Windrush. And that wasn't even, I don't even feel like he really believed that or cared about that. That was just him. That was just his self-serving popularity stint. And it, and that's exactly what he does. He's absolutely full of it. Anyway, this is the same with the podcast where I just let everybody know that I absolutely cannot stand David Lammy. So for those who don't know, David Lammy, the reason why in this particular time he's Mook of the Week um, David Lammy wrote an opinion in a guest essay. So on his Twitter feed, what did he say? He said, um, he basically spoke about uh, the monarchy. So he said, my mother, my king, and why the monarchy matters. A pleasure to write this piece for the New York Times as the country and the Commonwealth prepare for the coronation. This is a, this, well, he said this a moment, but this is a moment for all of us to come together, is what he said. That was his words. And so I'll just read you a little bit of his of his essay. Um, and ba- basically he talks about how, like, he said, my mother felt the monarchy folded her and other immigrants into Britishness. She loved the pomp and cer- ceremony of royal events and her shelves were filled with cheerful memorabilia from the weddings and jubilees. Um, we'd crowd around the TV to watch the latest event and she'd serve her divine Caribbean cooking on royal cake trays. 
I remember our friends and neighbours, Cockneys and other migrants like her with accents from half a dozen Caribbean islands and a few Irish dropping in for a cup of tea from her royal teapot. I understand now what my mother was doing. She was using the symbol of the monarchy to bring our street together. In Tottenham, I've seen the role that the monarchy and Charles III in particular can play in bringing a community together. So he goes on to talk about the riots and he said, I've been struck by... So Prince Charles was the exception. Oh no, I'll read through this bit. So he says, In 2011, I watched riots that began in my constituency, ripped through London and other towns in cities in England. Several national figures um, like rocked up for... uh, a photo op in Tottenham, but never came back. Prince Charles was the exception. He has returned five times and brought his many charities without news releases or fanfare. I've been struck by how easily my constituents strike up a conversation with him and by how much he knows about the many Commonwealth countries he has spent his life visiting. In some ways, Charles III has done more for my constituents, some of the poorest people in Britain, than most politicians. Blah, 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 blah. But basically, his whole thing is like, Saturday is a tea party for a country that sorely needs it, a pause to celebrate a civic version of British identity that is an alternative to the destructive ethnic nationalism promoted by the far, world, far right, but it's also an opportunity to reconnect with the whole of the Commonwealth. I'm like, bro, how do you not see the disconnect between you saying, the, like talking about the Windrush and how marginalised and how attacked those people have been in this country and you celebrating the monarchy? How, like, you don't see the inherent contradiction in that. I just don't understand. I just, I personally don't understand. But maybe you guys can enlighten me on in on the mind of David Lammy because me, I don't understand it. I, I am probably more capable of enlightening you about the mind of the Toes guys than I am David Lammy. <laughs> <laughs> it... Uh. It's really, really hard to understand because, like, okay, so there are people, there are people in my parents' generation and above who really love the monarchy for whatever reason, right? There's a lot of ingrained propaganda that they've grown up with, right? Showing the monarchy to be this great place, having England and the United Kingdom as this kind of lifetime achievement goal so for people who are able to get out of um i'll I'll talk from my experience right getting out from nigeria and finding the opportunities that have presented themselves here the opportunities whether that's for themselves or for their kids and so there is a there's an affiliation and affinity towards this country that i may not agree with but i understand right David Lammy has, I think what stresses me out about him is that he has spent so much time talking to people who, whose experience should have shattered the illusion, should have explained to him why this, this image of glorious empire and, and the, the uniting power of the monarchy doesn't exist for people who despite having come over, despite having done all they could to assimilate, to become part of this empire that they thought they were already part of, right? They believed that because, you know, Britain couldn't keep its hands to itself, they were going to be treated as the British citizens they were, and yet have found themselves being forcefully extracted, right? Basically in the middle of the night, losing all of those rights, 
for no crime other than not being the right type of British. How you can hear all of that and still disassociate the damage being done from the the systems of which the monarchy is one of the most visible symbols of that damage. I do not know how that cognitive dissonance is really working in his head. And it, yeah, I, I, I feel like the whole thing is going to be us all just saying it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because you you can't you can't be that close and be that obtuse it's not it doesn't make sense you're on you're mute, mute. Neze, you're on Neze, you're on Neze, you're on yeah. mute you're on do you want to try turning your mute. volume off and someone, on again you're on mute. someone tell her she's Shut on up. mute someone tell her she's on mute <laughs> oh my gosh i'm not on mute anymore <laughs> i feel Sorry, so God fem in this podcast sometimes. Okay, first um, of all, you should feel tech-phobia because what we will do is <laughs> run... <laughs> let's not run away from and that. And do you know what? This is, why, this is why women don't get into tech. This is why hashtag wow. women in tech exists. Because when we do try to get into tech, this is what happens. We're men made to mocking. feel less than it's, it's by the men in the room. Wow. Anyway, hashtag I'm a woman in tech. Um, hashtag women in tech. Harry, what I'd like... <laughs> um, I... I, I hear what you're saying, but actually what I think we, we should be talking about is how the attitudes and behaviours of men towards women when they do try and get into tech is actually keeping more women in tech. Personally, I feel like um, I feel like that's the reason why women in tech as a hashtag exists. Um, and, and I don't know if anyone's ever really explained that to you before or, or <laughs> really got into <laughs> Wow, so you're so no, generous explained. to explain I'm that. Done. Anyway, Nezzy, what were you going to say? Um, what was I going to say? I've lost it now. See, this is what I mean, femphobia. <laughs> Just mansplaining and derailing. Um, I I feel like there's also a myth about this whole kind of like the not, like that that um, good breeding and genteel manners is the same as being a good person. And right. I think that works very well for the royal family. And oh, having perfect. been someone who's been in circles like I haven't been in circles really of the upper class, but like going to private school my whole life and then going on to university that is known as been the Oxford reject university. Like I was surrounded by people who had quote unquote good breeding and quote unquote genteel manners. And those people are some of the most deeply racist, elitist, classist, like disgusting human beings. Like I promise you but they are in a social context because of the class, you know, because if you're an upper, upper middle class, it's like you learn through private school and you learn through those spaces to have very good manners. And when I say manners, I mean superficially because actually they have terrible manners, but I mean superficially have good manners in certain settings to the people that you feel that you need to have right. to achieve whatever you need to achieve. That when you go and do your little constituency walks and all this kind of stuff, of course, King Charles is in incredibly charming. Of course, he's nice. Of course, he makes your little Jamaican grandma or Nigerian auntie feel like he's really deeply interested in her story. Like, do you honestly think, like, a member of the royal family... Like, I feel like you have to work pretty hard as a member of the royal family who does a million... Not a million. They actually don't do that many public engagements. They do less work than we think they do. But does a certain number of public engagements and has had their whole life geared around engaging with the public 
to be like incredibly unlikable in person to most people. Do you see what I mean? So this whole thing about Prince Charles came to my constituents, like he came visited like four or five times and he's done this. Therefore, he's done more than a bunch of politicians. Like he represents the, the actual very system of class and hierarchy that is actively keeping your constituents in the position that they are. Like the fact that we have a royal family, like enforces and entrenches a class system that means that like people are stratified in that hierarchy and that system is perpetuated by the people that who go who gets to go to the certain schools who gets to be elected to be an mp who gets to be in government who gets to be on the front bench of whichever parties in, in public who gets to be the prime minister we've literally not had a prime minister in the last how many years that didn't come from oxford and the ones that didn't come from oxford most of them came from one of the the other top 20 like red brick unis so literally like how many prime ministers have we had that even didn't go that didn't even go to university like how many prime ministers have we actually had from working class backgrounds oh that's never that, i feel like john major never. is the only person did john major go to university i think he maybe didn't go to university or didn't go to oxford or something like that but like him saying that is just like for somebody who's supposed to be like highly educated it's just such a dumb thing to say like to say that because prince charles has made four or five visits to tottenham in his lifetime Bro. That he no, has since done 20, more since 2011. <laughs> so in whatever, so since in, 2011, in, in, in like about what 12 years, he's visited Tottenham five, five, four to five he's, times. I visited. I probably visited I visited Tottenham tw- five times in 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably done more. I probably supported more local businesses in five years than Prince Charles had. You know, these, you know these guys just become they're patrons of charities. It don't mean they actually donate to these charities. You know, they just set them up. And they get us poor dopes to, to donate instead. And yeah, and not even that. It's like I've I've supported Prince Charles personally by buying his Clarence House duck eggs at Waitrose, which are actually very good. And I'm ashamed Excuse to say, but I me? do actually really you like those duck royalist. eggs. Royalist, get this royalist <laughs> off my podcast. I have supported him more through you my purchase of his duck eggs than he has goodness. ever supported me or any of my people. I can't believe that. Um, I would like I know, to. But there's fact nobody check else myself. that sells them. I would like to fact check myself. Um, You are correct. John Major was the last of the eight prime ministers who did not attend university after leaving secondary education. We've had 30, 30 Oxford, 14 from Cambridge, three from Edinburgh, three from Glasgow, seven from some other university and eight from no university at all. Yep. So, yeah. Also, just to... Once again... David Lammy is a muck. He's a muck. But also, just to circle back, <laughs> here's a joke. David Lammy, Labour's shadow foreign office spokesperson, was asked for his party's position by a Republican caller on his weekend show, LBC show, following arrest at King Charles' coronation. Um, and he said, we can't come into office picking through all the Conservative legislation and repeating it. It would take too much time. So the caller said, would you be prepared as a Labour government to repeal this legislation the legislation about protest, which is totally unnecessary, given that you agree it's unnecessary and the other legislation this liberticide government has passed, which is attempting to control and repress our right to protest, that our right to oppose legally and legitimately actions by our government. And he said, he told the caller, he hears the repeal question a lot in politics. We can't come into office picking through all the conservative legislation, repeating it. We would take up so much parliamentary time. We need a positive agenda. The primary thing is cost of living, inflation and getting growth back into this country. Keir Starmer has been right to prioritise it. And in the last item we were talking about in the local elections, it's clear that people are voting on that basis. Wow. 
And that's the key point. It's clear that people are voting on their basis. And that's the difference between having policies that are based on principles and policies that are based on power. Yeah, that's exactly what... If you have policies that are based on achieving power, then your policies shift according to who what like popular. what you think the general public are, are voting for and i do think obviously to be a smart politician you do have to have some flex there like you do have to prioritize things that are a priority to the people but you also have to have grounding principles like you have to have core things that you believe in that don't change depending on what gets you into power or not and the reason why people respect to jeremy corbyn despite what people might say about whatever whatever is that jeremy corbyn it was quite obvious that he has grounding principles like whether you like the man or you don't like the man what you cannot say is that he doesn't have principles yeah but that's why you that's why he could never get into because he was talking about like you know looking at the media conglomerates and like taking like you know taking away like taxing higher like you know companies and higher owners they're just not going to have that it's just so very obvious what happened to jeremy corbyn but they tried to wash it under a whole bunch of other stuff but anyway to circle back to king charles the last thing um so on the eve of his coronation leaders called on the british monarch to apologize and make amends for what they call genocide so 12 indigenous advocacy groups and former british colonies demanded the new king um, acknowledge the horrific impacts and legacy of genocide and colonization. So there's a bunch of places like Jamaica, Australia, Antigua, Grenada, a bunch of different places basically asked him like formal apology, um, reparation, repatriation of cultural artifacts, um, financial reparations, etc. You know he's not going to respond to that. He don't give a crap. And I'm like, just that tells you the kind of person he is. I don't care about his charity work. They're talking about, oh, he set up... Um, Prince's trust with his severance pay from the Navy. Why, firstly, why was he even taking pay from the Navy when he's literally a member of the royal family? That's a dick move, first of all. So I'm like, this guy's not, he, like, I don't care how genteel or nice he seems. It's like Jacob Rees-Mogg, right? Who's so, and he's like so over the top polite and just like, I don't know, I'm a, I'm just such a genteel, like, um, polite uh, man of culture, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, these guys are just, their principles are terrible. Like, don't look at the way they respond in, like, social situations. Look at their principles and who they, what they stand for and what they don't, you know, speak up against and what they and, ignore. And on the point of principles, right, and principled politicians, I, I think the few that we do have are in the Conservative Party. Like, Jacob Rees-Mogg has not once shifted from his stance of, look, my principle is make myself more money, make people more like me, more money, be get rich or die trying. Like it's the 50 cent hustle. <laughs> I, I could say that if you could sum up my principles, it, it would be 50 cent. <laughs> yeah. Or Curtis Jackson, as he's commonly known. Yeah, Curtis Jackson said it best. Um, yeah, um, get rich or you know, kill the plebs trying. I think that's what he said. Is that direct? Something akin to that. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, weirdly, like, I keep saying it, but Theresa May was probably the last prime minister that I respected because she got kicked out because she stuck to her principles, right? By her party. I don't agree with her, but I at least respect her for being like, look, this Brexit is not the one I backed. I will do what I can to turn this into a good thing, but I'm not going to shift from my morals because of it. And they kicked her out for it. And I said, you know what? Yeah, but, Fair then, play to yeah, you. but Liz Truss, I, I, Liz Truss had principles too. She And they she? kicked her out. They kicked her out because of it. 
but they just have uh, yeah, principles. No, economic principles. I, I wouldn't say, I think... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking I wouldn't say the word respect. I wouldn't say I respect her. I don't respect I her. I would say I disrespect her less. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know. Coming, coming from Nezzy, that's, that's a win. That's, yeah. I just I I don't respect you. I'd be I disrespect, I disrespect you less. I disrespect all Tories. I can't lie. Sorry. Yeah, but there's levels of disrespect. Yeah, there's levels of disrespect. I like. I disrespect. You know, and one thing I can say about Theresa May is that she knew how to work a hob suit and a and a kitten heel. And <laughs> honestly, I feel like her biggest flop after losing um after she got kicked out of the party was. That woman should have collaborated with Hobbes and come up with a line because I feel like she had <laughs> the 50s, 60s middle aged woman market on lock. It's true. And I just feel like that was a massive fumble on her ba- part. Listen, back, backbench Theresa May has been serving. I can't lie. She's been, like, she serves, I'm sorry, she serves a look. Yeah. It's a Tory look, but it's a look nonetheless. Right and that's what heels, I say boy. about the royal family. <laughs> that's, like, that's my biggest disappointment with um, the royal family. It's like Camilla, Kate. It's like. You're not going to give me principles. Give You're not going to give me men At least give me looks. Like Princess Diana, part of the elite. Oh, still, bro. still reinforcing royalty. But, oh my gosh, Princess Diana gave me a look. Listen, 90s fashion was there. And I was, the whole time I was watching it, Camilla, look, you know when you sleep on your neck funny and it, and it just locks? <laughs> Camilla looked the whole time like... It was it was pure head and shoulders together. There was no single neck movement going on. I said, rah. Camilla. And that's how you know these people are, are not religious. Not Christian for sure. Definitely not even doing yoga because all of that <laughs> no karmic energy just tied up. No spirituality. Can't risk it. Because even if you were doing yoga, like you would have had some flexibility in your neck. N- nothing. Nah, you, They're not honest, even trying do, to plug into You do that much madness, that. you can't risk any of the gods trying to take, take retribution. <laughs> So, so sorry, guys. Like nothing. Slightly moving on, we spoke about one David who is a muk, but there was another David who is also apparently a muk. I don't know. I got his book. You know what I'm saying? I got his book on my um. You know what I'm saying on my in my in my bookcase. So I don't know. But Tunde, do you want to talk to us about David Olusoga? But I'll let Tunde do it first. I was so confused. Like, so like I said, we had it we had it on in the background. We had guests as well, and we were all just slagging off the the dryness of it. It was really fun, good binding uh, experience. And then we saw David Olusoga, and I was like, "You wait, wait, saw him where? He was on the BBC coverage, like oh. sat down on the panel. No, he wasn't. With, no, he, he was. wasn't. Like they had a they had a regular rotation of guests and stuff. And no. wait, oh no, no, but it depends what he said." Because they could have no, had no, Akala he was, What did he say? Akala was not there. I know. So course, the only I know, person... I mean, like, what did he say? What did David Osoga say? Um, he was slagging him off, right? No. Like, he was like, it's such a wonderful spectacle. I was like, <gasps> Jesus. David. Oh. David. Man. Like, he was talking about, oh, yeah, really, really enjoy it. You, you can't trust these OBE man, you know? That's <laughs> You can't that's trust what these OBE man, bro. And And the thing is, like, it was definitely possible to go on... TV and be and be true to yourself. No, you couldn't. Nah, Ando, you couldn't. It's not worth it. No, no, no. Listen, Adra Ando, she didn't need she don't need the money. She was on coverage. I can't remember if she was on um Sky or BBC, but she was on. And she said, Yeah, look, this was lovely. But what we got was an attempt to show the multiculturalism in the church. And then as soon as we went to the balcony, it was a return 
to the whiteness. And she said it pure. She said, look, this is, <laughs> you can do all the pretense, but when you look at that balcony, it's a reminder. You've got all the white people up top and all of the multicultural, all of the isms looking up at you and reminding us of your place. And I was like, yeah, that's what you go on and do. I'm sure she didn't get more than one turn in the rotation, but she stayed true to her. Again, we go back to the morals, right? And with David Olusogun, look, mm. I can't believe you. I just wouldn't have thought, like, because of the, you know, what I'm saying the book that he wrote, like, yeah. I, I, I think he's in this. It's the same boat. My brain can't process the disassociation. Because if your whole academic career is about like critically analyzing the impacts of empire and monarchy, how you go on and your your stance is anything except this was nice, but I hope it's the last time I see this in my lifetime. Anything less than that, I I don't know, and and then. We're now hearing that on Twitter he's going around blocking anyone who was critical of him. Yeah, but do you know what it is? It's because what because what I didn't get. So basically, there was some random Amanda Plateau. I don't know who it is, but probably just some right wing blowhard idiot. But she said, "What was the thought process behind BBC News giving a prime time slot on Kirsty Young's coronation panel to anti monarchist David Olusoga, who styled on Meghan and Harry's Netflix doc, claiming the royal family is institutionally racist?" And he said. Show me the part of the documentary series in which I state that the royal family are institutionally racist, which you have put here, which you have here put in quotes, or retract your full statement and apologise. And then she said, I un unreservedly apologise for misquoting you. Embarrassing, climbed down for her. Um, but then obviously people were like, it's no, scary. No, more one embarrassing the... for him. It's more embarrassing for him because it's like, more what, embarrassing. you, you wouldn't call them institutionally people... racist? You little muck. <laughs> I just, first of all, I am... I, um... I feel like as a community, we need to, <laughs> I feel like we need to interrogate why so many of our most prominent uh, race commentators are biracial Ooh. and what that means for when they speak on behalf of the majority of black Britons Ooh. who do not have a shared experience with them. And I'm going to say it, uh -oh. Ifua Hirsch, Emma Dabiri, David Olusoga, these are like uh, I would say apart from Shola um Dr Shola um like these are um prominent race commentators and they're all and biracial as well I guess oh and Kinde sorry but he doesn't I don't I, would, I don't see him as much yeah I would say these are most prominent much. commentators um so <laughs> my thing is first of all you have a completely different experience and relation to Britishness and the monarchy when it you are raised in a household where one of where your primary parent is actually a white British person, or one of your primary parents is a white British person. I'm just going to put that out there. I feel like you speak from a completely different place if you have historical roots that are literally anchored in this country in a way that those of us who have two parents who are literally not from this country do not. I feel like that is part of the problem. So I feel like that's let's even go back like why why are we expect and this is part of the problem with calling biracial people black i'm gonna and i know people will hate Damn. this but it's, it's the truth we've gone here because it is not the same really it's not the same lived experience 
it's not the same lived experience and it is not the same relation to historical events. I'm sorry, it's not. Like you have, like you actually been half English or half whatever. Like it, it's a, and not all of them are half English because I know Emma DeBerry is half Irish. But again, her being half Irish gives her a different experience of being in Ireland than somebody who does not have any parents who are from Ireland. I mean, and I think... her her commentating on race as a black person when she literally does not have a lived experience with a black woman. Like, I feel, again, this is problematic. So when David Olesho goes on TV and says, says those things, I'm not surprised, one, because he's an OB, but I'm also not surprised because of his racial identity. And I know some biracial people who are very pro-black whatever will be offended at that, but I honestly feel like part of the problem is not acknowledging that people who literally are half English have a different experience and relation to this country than people who are not. And it will affect how they see things. Like, that's so honestly I, my opinion. I So that, I actually don't... Maybe this is just me. I don't think that's actually that controversial of a statement. Because <laughs> I, I think that, obviously, people who have mixed parents' heritage will have different experiences to people with two black parents. I don't think, like, that's a controversial thing to say. I think that's just obvious based on just life, isn't it? Like, every, I feel like everybody knows that, but I, it, it may be because just when people hear, like, oh, biracial, black, and it's like, no, we want to call people who are mixed race black. And it's like, well, some people who are mixed race call themselves mixed race. They're not just, they'll be black sometimes, but they'll be mixed race sometimes. I'm not even saying that's necessarily a massive issue to me, but I'm like, if you want to go on TV and speak about the black experience, like you do have to think like, rah, like I obviously approach it from a different space than someone who two black parents does. Like, and also, like, to be to be fair to him though, David Lammy has come out and said something equally as egregious, and he is a black man with two black parents. Well, this is, but this, but is, I think, so this is the other. This is, but I think, in general, that is, I do honestly think, like, as black Britons, we need to reckon with the fact that we seem to promote our representatives. We seem to almost, I don't know if it's us or if it's the media, or whatever. We seem to have a lot of biracial representation in terms of talking about and writing about and commentating in public about the black experience in Britain. And I just do not think it should be the but, case. But, and I feel like these conversations, like, I feel like, even if this is in David Oshoga's case, this is not um, the primary reason why, because I think it might not, it might not necessarily be. I do think this is a factor though. Let's take the, let's, if it, if it let's was use a, if it was a factor, then Because it, I think it's a point. No, but if it, if it was a factor, then why does Akala say things that make sense and David Lammy doesn't? Why is it, do you know what I'm saying? Like the politics are down to the individual person. Like they decide to have the politics that they have. If you're, if you're someone with mixed heritage, if you're someone who's biracial, you can still have correct politics. I mean, if you're white, you can still have great politics. It, to be honest. I, I do it's think, like, I, I, I absolutely so I don't, agree. But I feel I think like you're, the what you're saying is, is that if you're mixed, honest opinion. what you're saying is if they're biracial, you're saying their politics are more likely to be frowsy. No, I'm not saying their politics are more likely to be frowsy. I'm saying they have a, I'm saying they have a different relationship to Britishness. Okay. Because okay. I feel like there is, and I and I feel like and and I feel that different relationship to Britishness even plays out in how they talk about race and how they talk about being British. Because for me, this is this is my this is what I see with biracial people. There seems to be um, there is a wanting to be accepted as British. There's definitely a thing of like 
we are British. We deserve to be called British. We are part of the society. We deserve to be integrated into society. And I understand it more coming from them. You mean the sort of thing that David Lammy would say? David Lammy says that as well. David Lammy's not an an exception, though. I don't think think it's an exception, but I think the claim on Britishness, if you are actually half English, is a very different claim from a person who actually is not. Do you see what I mean? Like, I feel like Mike, for example, if I I claim mm. Jamaican-ness as a child of two Jamaican parents... I feel like it's a very different claim from somebody who literally does not have Jamaican ethnicity. Like, and I honestly feel like a claim on Britishness and a desire to be integrated into society that actually, like, you're correctly, they're saying, I am part of the society. Like, I am literally half English and I shouldn't feel alienated in my own country. Like, but it is your country. Like, this is half your parents that say the same thing, though. Like, yeah, I know, but I, yeah, I, I honestly just think it hits differently. I don't think it makes sense. Like, like that, I don't think it doesn't make sense. That Dominic Samuels girl, like, bro, that's what I, I'm saying. Go so on, I, go I go think I hear, I hear what you're saying, Nezzy, but I, I think you, I know you've watched um, Queen Charlotte, right, Nezzy? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. So mm-hmm. think about um, Lord Danbury, right? The moment he became Lord Danbury, and the behaviour changes. Um, that came through that. I'm trying to say it in a way that's as non-spoilery as possible for anyone who is still going to watch it, right? I think it's not so much limited to their background, but I, I agree that if anyone feels, if anyone finds some kind of inherent or intrinsic value or sense of self-worth with Britishness, I absolutely think that will impact their approach to their politics and their morality particularly in terms of the impact that can have on their opportunities right because you for me i look at the david lammies i look at david olashuga i look at people from formerly colonized nations right who accept obes mbes those kind of awards and for people who've grown up here, maybe it's a little bit different, right? Because they, they, their identity is probably closer linked to this and they do not have that same sense of, they may not, they may not have that same sense of connection to their parents or their grandparents' home nations. But you see the difference between like an Akala or a Benjamin Zephaniah right. or the type of, and the type of people who will, they know what the cost is but they understand that actually what they value is not the recognition of Britishness, is not the recognition of British values, awards, any of that. And I think that's the difference. So I, I, I agree with Harry that I wouldn't necessarily associate it with just because they have one white parent or whatever, that they're automatically going to be one way or the other. I don't think that's the case, but I do think no, it's No, but that's not with, what I'm saying at all. No, no, just so, wait, what are you saying? saying because it it sounds. I'm saying, you're saying that, they you're saying they're more likely to aspire to. They are because they're British. They have a different because all you're saying is like because what are you saying? They have a different relationship to Britishness than we do. Well, duh. Yeah, I think they, they absolutely do. do. Yeah, exactly. But then so I feel like, and I feel like that point? does not qualify them to speak on our behalf. Like I literally think it disqualifies them from speaking on our behalf. Well, I don't think it disqualifies them behalf, from speaking as a black as a black as as in. When I say speaking on behalf, I mean speaking as a part of, quote unquote, like as the black, like, so I feel like what happens is David Olusoga, people like that are called upon to speak almost like on behalf of the black community. Like it's not said 
David Oloshoga is speaking on behalf of the black community, but I feel like they position themselves as well. And I feel like, I feel like the fact that they don't, um, I feel like the fact that they're not clear about the difference between their biracial identity and their black, their black and, and black identity. And I don't, and I feel like they're also disingenuous about it. Cause I, and the reason I say this is for, for example, I remember in particular, Emma Debris was called out on social media about this at some point. And she got very defensive and I feel like there's a lack of um, there's a lack of acknowledgement on their part about one their privilege to be even called to speak on their behalf, and that is a hundred percent partly because they're biracial, and the fact also that their their lived experiences. David Oloshoga was born in Lagos, Nigeria, to a Nigerian father and a British mother. At five years old, he migrated to the UK with his mother and grew up in Gateshead, Tyne, and Weir. I am so sorry if you've grown up in a household with a white mother for most of your formative years. Your experience of race is literally like not comparable to black people who've grown up with two black parents in any part of the UK. Like it's just not. And there is an there's an inherent privilege with having a white parent. Like it literally is. So I just feel like positioning yourself to talk on behalf of the black community or for the black community and using that as your primary source of income, whatever, scholarship, whatever. I feel personally like I just don't I don't think it's right. And I feel like. I feel like um, I'm not saying that necessarily like, for example, Akala is, Akala is great. I love what Akala does, but I, and I also feel like out of all of them, Akala would be one of the ones who would be most likely to acknowledge things like colorism, to talk about it, to I acknowledge mean, that it probably affects. He, he talks about like he having does, a exactly, white parent. But, I feel like, but, what, but why does he do exactly, that? Exactly. But I feel why? like the rest of them. Yeah, because he's, because I feel like because he's, what? I feel like he's actually a legit sincere person. I don't feel like the rest of them are. Like right, I don't so feel like a Carla would. With them. I feel like a Carla would never. No, Those but I'm saying people. that part of. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm saying that part of the reason why, um, to me, it almost feels like a bit of a grift, because I feel like you you accept the privilege of your biracial identity, you live as a biracial person, but your primary source of income and your commentating and all that stuff is as a black person. That is your that is your grift, and that's why I don't. That's why I don't respect it because I don't feel like a. I don't feel like it's a grift for a Carla. Like I feel like. He's legit. He does. He does the work. He acknowledges his privilege, and I. I would be shocked if Akala accepted an OBE. Like I would be no, absolutely never, shocked. He wouldn't. He, he's never going to do he's that. A benzene, he's a benzene decline. that way. I think. Yeah, I don't feel like he's going to do that. But I feel like a lot of the biracial people who commentate and do all this stuff in the in the in the kind of racial political space, I feel like it's a grift because I feel like they accept all the privileges that come from being biracial and they don't acknowledge those privileges. But when it comes to their primary source of income, is by positioning themselves as a black thought commentator. I don't have okay, respect so for that. Th- yeah, I don't respect that, any of those people. Okay, so that bit I'll agree with. I think that I think that's true. Like I think not I think the lack of acknowledgement of your privilege in that space and just realizing that people keep calling you back because of like your proximity, like people, your your proximity to whiteness is part, like it's part of it. And to then not really acknowledge it and not say anything about that is, is a problem. I would say for me personally, I'm more, I am, I guess I'm concerned in both ways. I'm concerned in terms of, I want people, whoever's speaking, I don't want to say on behalf of the black community, but in essence, that's what they're doing to say the right things. So when Kalechi gets up there and unfortunately has to talk on behalf of the quote unquote black community, I'm there like, yes, you're going to make sense and you're going to say things. You're, yeah, your politics make sense. So I'm comfortable with this. Or like, or, so Kalechi or Akala or whoever, I'm not really concerned with how black, I just want you, 
what you're saying to make sense. However, I do think that your point holds validity, especially because you do kind of see the erasure of people with two black parents, like generally, like people who are, or just, I guess that's not even necessarily two black parents, which people, it's just like colorism, right? So just people, which obviously portrays itself in people who are, you know, mixed race are more like, much more likely to be lighter, but then also just generally like lighter or lighter skinned black people getting more likely to get jobs or whatever on TV than dark skinned black people. It's, that's definitely like a thing. And I don't, I do, I also just want, sorry, just before Janae sets in, I don't want, I don't feel like black people need to have a monolithic voice. No. On, in TV. So I'm actually, fa- like, people like David Lammy, David Lammy, but the, the but part of the reason why I dislike David Lammy so much is that he positions himself as like a liberal leftist and he's actually not. That's actually more of my annoyance with him. If Rather David Lammy, just having opinions. like, to be honest, yeah, like Kwasi Kwarteng, I kind of have less of a problem with him than David Lammy. Same. Kwasi Kwarteng is he's not he's yeah. not rolling for he the map. Like Kwasi Kwarteng is a Tory and he does what he does. He, just he likes doesn't white pretend people. That's to really thing. like like we all know like everyone in the black community knows who Kwasi is. Kwasi's not even one of those black conservatives who says that like I'm here to uplift the black community and the re- and I feel like I'm doing it via conservatism. Like he's not even one of those. Kwasi Kwarteng did his thing, married his white wife. And ruined the economy and bounced, and is now and now wants to charge people one thousand five hundred pounds an hour for speaking yeah. fees. Like, can you imagine? Like, in a way, as I said, as as Tunde said, I don't respect it, but I disrespect it less. Yeah, uh, we don't need to be a monolith in the political space. We don't all need to be left wingers. We don't need to all be liberals. We some of us can be Tories. That's fine. My thing is just be consistent. Consistent. Don't yeah. be disingenuous, and don't be a grifter. And I feel like people like the OBE um, activist um, mixed race, but when it when it suits me but black for my money coin people i feel like you guys are grifters you're yeah. grifters akala is not a grifter akala is about that life and he's and also if you speak to not people in the community akala does akala does the work huh not revolutionary though <laughs> if you he's remember do you ever remember that this i don't even remember that that's a throwback oh, yeah. an, an <laughs> that, who said that Oh, God, <laughs> no, I can't revolutionary though. I was heat. I was. I think I was more heated. Than, nah, I was heated that day. Maybe more heated than I needed to be. But <laughs> I was funny. heated. I don't know why you're so heated. No, nah, do you know fair, what it is? Like, it's because she's, she was. It's more like when someone who someone who I think is doing positive things in the community. I just think, why are we even discussing that? Yeah, be Excuse nice me. to just them. Be, yeah, yeah, just be nice. But anyway, be nice um, moving go on, on I want to go to something a bit lighter. Sorry, I feel like Tunde has something to say, but we'll oh, just sorry. jump in. Go on, Tunde. No, don't worry. It was, it was, uh, that, my thing was, there's a, there's a very obvious reason why certain people get selected for shows like this, and it's because their message is just on the right side of acceptable. So mm-hmm. there's yeah. no, for me, there was no surprise that someone who has an OBE and is okay with being a an officer of the British Empire would be invited on to talk about the coronation and then not be remotely critical of it in the moment. So yeah. In Marazin. Um Tunde, I wanted to check why are you not built for crime? Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, so a bit of context. Um I was listening to listening to podcasts as I do. Um, and I don't know if anyone else is familiar with the Shits and Giggles um, podcast. Uh, absolutely hilarious. And they had a question on there, which was like, what's one thing that you 
what's one thing that you've done that you can never tell anyone? That was their, their question for this episode. Uh, and someone wrote in, I, I can steal anything I need to when I need to. And it was like, do you know what? I kind of understand it because they were talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, shoplifting, doing little bits of sweets and fizzy bottles. And I remember back in back in sick form days, listen, when self-checkout came out, that was me. That was and me. So that was your, but you were in your bag those times. I understand. Because they were like, yeah, 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 you know what? Theft, it just gets your blood going. And it did. It did. But th- where I had to realise that I was no longer built for that life of crime, uh, went to Asda the other week, um, got the little boop, boop, self-scan, scan and go thing. And I was looking at what I was picking up. And it was I think it was while I was still doing ve- uh, vegan for Lent. And I was scanning it and I was like, these vegan croissants are like a pound, one pound fifty more than these regular croissants. Let me scan the regular croissant and then put the vegan croissant in my bag. And I, d- listen, I did that. I did. Asta son. <laughs> listen, it gets, it gets better. Um, so I did that. And then I was looking at the rest of the stuff in my thing. I was like, oh, done. There's loads of alternatives that are just cheaper. Let me get the essentials. I scanned, I scanned. I must have saved like £10 on the basket, scanning the basics or the non-vegan basics. (laughs) I got to the checkout. I did scan the QR code and it said, "Um, just a second, you've been selected for... Listen, listen. When I tell you, I looked to the side, I saw the lady was still a little bit busy, but she'd gotten the notification, so she was ready. I took that scanner, I put it on the um, like the conveyor belt bit, and I started scanning all of my shopping by hand. I put it on top of the scanner. The woman was coming around looking for who was asking uh, for the check. I said, wow. Don't know who it could be. Scanned everything else. I packed my bags and got out. <laughs> I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't built for it. That is hilarious. That, like, you better, honestly, that was Jesus saving you from yourself. I, I don't know. Cause can you, in this sorry, but can you imagine the headlines if you'd been caught? <laughs> D- diversity and inclusion lead for X company. Bro. Caught stealing. Whoa, wait, when was, uh, wait, Tunde, when was this? Tens of pounds of... Uh, this, this, was, this was like Yeah, this was like March. You better hope no one from work is listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't get away with it. So right, he I have but he didn't tried you've, it. you've admitted to the I intent. I have not tried since because I'm like... No, and you only stopped because you got caught. In a cozy, no, in a cozy lives... <laughs> and if he hadn't got caught, you would have done it. In a cozy <laughs> lives... In a cozy <laughs> lives... Cozy lives, lives with you, I hear it. I understand. Listen. I understand. What are you talking about? You hear it. I don't. He's in a no, he lives. Especially after we were just on the podcast talking about 85k salaries. Boy. <laughs> and if, if even the 85k man are talking about teething, you know, you even know it's the bad. 85k man are like 
<laughs> I know it's bad. No, but to be honest, I have been, I have been, I have been, I have been tempted with the self scan. I have, I have been tempted. I feel like anyone That's who so says they, have, they haven't been tempted is a liar. I'm We've serious. I've been never been tempted ever. I've never been tempted. Really? Ever. Never. No. I've never been. No. When I say I've been be tempted, real, it's not that I've intentionally gone and scanned things, but I've. But there has been times, for example, where it's just been like, ah, like, oh, if something didn't scan, it's just just been like, nah, I'm just going to take it. I don't know. But usually I'm the kind of person who will go, like, if something doesn't scan, I will literally be like, excuse me, this didn't scan. Like, it's just in me. I am... Sunday's walking wow. out. Sunday's walking out. No, no, for me, I'm just. Oh, yeah. If it doesn't, if it doesn't, that, that's not even. If it doesn't scan, even I will go back and be like, "This didn't scan." If it doesn't, unless it was scan, something that was dirty, Jesus like a twenty people That was Jesus telling me it was for you, my son. So <laughs> for you, were past you. Oh my god. No, for me, I just think I'm just not really. This is not something I'm considering. When it cut, the only thing that I consider, the things that I consider is like bumping train. And yeah, so for instance, but the, for instance, like the other day, I was, I think I, but I, what happened was, what happened? So I bought Tell a train ticket, but it was for, it was for the, so you know when it's like the two trains that leave at the same time, but one was a Vanti, one was London Northwestern. And so I got the London Northwestern one by accident, but I think they're both you pretty much that, the same price. Faster, no, no, I was on, no, I bought the Avanti one, but I was on the London Northwestern. So London Northwestern is slower anyway. But I just got it mixed oh, up. Could... But he was like, yeah, oh, no, I'm you... going to have to charge you for another ticket. I was like, what? So then I just bumped train the next time. I was like, what? I'm reclaiming my money. You're so get it back. Yeah. yeah. No, like... I agree. That's fine. I'm like, you're crazy, I don't feel like bro. that's wrong. I feel like that's a, that's like a, a personal Robin Hood. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll even, yeah, I'll even out the score. I mean, to be honest, I'll be real. If, if I could bump what? train more, I would, but I just don't. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to understand. You people looked at me. I'm here trying to catch groceries for living. Okay, I was trying. I was trying to provide for my family. Family. This is 85k because he says groceries for living, but what he was really talking about was bougie vegan. Right, because if he was really struggling, he'd groceries for living. Right. Is that groceries for living? Really? Fables, boy. But no, I think bumping train. I went to Waitrose and I was going to scan my Gucci tree. It was Asda, okay? Look, I know you, man, are in Waitrose. I have shopped in Waitrose (laughs) possibly two times in my entire life. I used to go Waitrose. I I used to go Waitrose every... I Every know day you when do, I was a champagne socialist. No, I used to go you champagne to socialist, but not to like shop or for the meal no, deals. Honestly, not to actually these shop days, though. can't afford it to steal. Yeah, for the meal deals to steal. No, but steal. Honestly, these days, Marks and Spencer's, <laughs> Marks and Spencer's food actually works out like what? Because it doesn't go similar... off like Lidl and Aldi food. Like yeah, you put those grapes on, in, like, the, in your fridge in Little Aldi. Those things already have mold. I, I will look honestly, on the, the shelf. Honestly, the quality is shocking. I will look on the shelf and I'll see mold on the shelf. I'm like, bro, yes. Don't say the piss. Like it's a false. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's a false shelf, economy. Like local it's a Lidl. false economy. I'm not Lidl. saying that. I'm not but... saying that. I'm not saying because it's, it's going to sound privileged. I know if you've got, if you don't have waitress money or waitress money, I understand. But I'm saying if you can do that, that step up for not for all goods, but for fruit and veg, certain things. The canned Marks goods. Spencer's is your Marks Spencer's is your is your yeah, girl. Yeah, because straight for canned goods, like you just buy the most, yeah, like chopped tomatoes and Lidl, that. Asda. Straight Lidl and Aldi. Yeah, because you can just get all of that. But when it comes to fruit and veg, I'm like, oh, if I want some nice grapes, I can't. I can't have. You know, um, you can't. You can't get it from Lidl. I, I might go to Aldi because Aldi's fresh products is actually decent. 
Yeah, Stan Aldi is like... I promise you, when you scan it, when you scan it from Lidl, that's it, it's off. As soon as it goes, beep. Yeah, cool. Can I just say though, Lidl and Aldi... I can't lie on the pod, I've only stopped twice. Can someone explain that what to me? Mean? Lidl and Aldi. Because they make they make no effort to no, no, no. bag it for you. No, 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 they no, but what I mean is no, but what I mean is they, they scan it and it scans quick. Like in Tesco or whatever, when they go to the normal checkout, it takes longer. But they're just scanning like rapid. I don't understand it. What's the difference? They just invest in better scanning equipment and they don't put that and, money into the fruit. And they've got bigger barcodes. So you have a choice. You can have good fruit and slow scanning. Yeah. Or you can have fast scanning and bad fruit. <laughs> Little and Aldi have said, we're going to give you fast scanning and bad fruit. <laughs> for me, I think that the, the best choice I would say is like, set, like you do all your can, like all anything canned or whatever you go to or write some, all that kind of stuff. You just go to Little and get all that. And then you go to like a, you go to, if you can go to step up to an M&S for your fruit. I say that because I, I never shop at M&S for fruit, but I normally go to Tesco because I'm just like, I can't deal with, like I no. can't deal with mold. Like I can't be buying satsumas and it's already molding in your thing. That's just ridiculous. How am I supposed to buy? That's that? fair. That's fair. That's... I honestly, I don't okay, have a test. So I don't have a test. For me, or, for me, it's self checkout. I live apart from co-op and waitress. co-op is okay, so... co-op is insane. I think co-op is one of the biggest scams of the supermarket ever. It's not good, but it's so expensive. What are they expensive for? No explanation. Sorry, what were you saying, today? No, I was just saying that like, we heard, we heard from me. So mine, I'll go to self scan and I'll just look at a little. Mm, okay, this one didn't scan. I found itself in my bag. For Harry, it's bumping train. When I was no, bro, when I was younger, I used to bump train. I, I used to bump train all the time, literally all the time. Like there was because I used to go church. Like when I used to go church and I, I wasn't driving at that point train from Nunhead to Catford. I like I literally never like I never paid for that. Ever. You just need to know what stations you I don't know, but the scary thing was when you saw when you get to the station oh, and, bro, and they're there. And they're there. The thing is, Let's what go. I would love was when they were up the top. So then you saw they were on the platform, you just go to the next station. I one time had to yeah. walk that but it's the it's the fear when you walk all the way down and they're at the bottom. Oh my God. I was fuming. Because you know at Catford, you have to walk down the steps and you get to the bottom yeah. of the steps and you just got bad revenue. Oh, that's no, so, And you know what's never happened to me is because, honestly, I feel like we're raised by two different households. I, even if, I would, I've rarely bumped train and I've actually got into fights with previous partners about this and my current partner. <laughs> What? When I first started dating um, Trini Man, uh, he would sometimes bump train and I would. I'm proud of him. him. This is how I knew he's a good man. You told him <laughs> off for, because... for bumping train. Because I was just like, no, because my thing was if you get caught, it's not worth it. No, I hear that. It's not that I have a, I hear that. Like, it's not worth it's not, it. I was no, like, if you get it. caught, and I was like, like if, you don't, if you don't have it. You're an immigrant. I was like, you're not even a British citizen. They will literally, like, these people are racist. They will fabricate this and try and deport you for, like, train oh, wow. fines. It's not she worth went it. All the way there. Just pay. Oh, just I thought it was like a moral ticket. thing. She's just like, know. no, I don't want you to. No, but also, more, like, also, I just tend not to bump. Like, I don't know. If I feel like the, the train prices are, the train prices are, are extortionate. Yeah. Guys, I think you need to meet your mics because I can hear an echo. 
if I feel like the train prices are extortionate, which they pro- which they are now, then I would be tempted to bump train. But generally, I'm just like, I'll pay my way because it's a public service that we should pay for. They're private companies. <laughs> they're private com- They're literally private companies. No, they're not. They're private companies. But what I mean is, like, if 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 we all don't pay, then it doesn't work. So I just, I just, my thing no, is, if we, if if we all don't pay, then they'll price, have to reduce their prices. I mean, all they as a form of protest, they'll just get enforcement. Like they'll just get enforcement to make you pay it. Like I just feel like, for me, bumping train is one of the things that I wouldn't do because I just feel like the risks are not worth. No, the risk. No, the risk of bumping train. Especially also with my job, I cannot. I'm not allowed to fall short of the law. And honestly, that's the kind of thing that gets me pulled up in front of my professional body. Like it'll be something dumb, like she bumped train and had to pay a fine, and the GM. Oh, oh, everyone knows my job anyway. The GMC will be like. She bumped train. She bumped the train. We're gonna give her a warning, like that. That is literally people get warnings for like speeding tickets and stuff like that, or like getting their license removed. So, so I do, I do hear that, but there's a thrill, there's a rush. Yeah, I can't lie. When you get off, when you get off the other end, and there's no inspectors, areas are open. Oh my god, that feeling! You just bop out the station, unbeknownst, and, and the- unbeknownst. <laughs> Oh. Listen, do you, know, do you know the best one for it that really hurt me when they changed up? Waterloo East. Waterloo East used to yes. be yeah. clear. Clean. And then the day, the day all of a sudden, and they and they got smart because they used to be at the bottom. So you'd see, you could switch platform and go around the back of them. <laughs> this guy when they started positioning themselves. No, I was, I, listen, I was, a, I was, a, I was a expert. I can tell you which trains on South East, which train stations on South Eastern. Yeah. No, I'm yeah, I'm the same. Pets, Pets Wood? Pets Wood was the dream. Clean. Clean. Like, going, going to Orpington, coming back round and you're like, all right. Uh, from Grove Park to Orpington, you get off. I, I remember I went one time to school. I was running late. I was like, all right, let me get the train. Didn't buy a ticket because Grove Park doesn't have barriers. Walked on, saw the inspectors, got off, went back to Petswood, waited, got a bus to school. And because bus was free back then, the journey stayed free. Okay, and that's what I am doing to correct the imbalances of power in this country. That you know what? That's my protest. Reparations, real reparations. We talked about what's my crime that I actually do. Okay, this is my crime that I generally do, but it's not really an intentional crime. It's because I'm a bad driver. I go down a lot of no entry roads. What? <laughs> what a crime! That's hazardous to everybody in the road. Do you know what? Yeah, I know. Ours are where I live. Like every second road is no entry, and so what happens is like, and also because Google Maps doesn't sometimes know that it's no entry, so Google Maps will say turn right, okay, and so I just turn right, and then I'm already halfway turning. I see it's no entry. And by that point, it's like, I'm here. If I don't see a car coming the other way, then I'll just carry on. But what happened to me like a a few weeks ago is that I started down a no entry road and about five cars came. (laughs) And the road that I turned into as no entry was off a main road. Like when I say a main road, like the cars. So I had to revert, like do a, a three point turn in like the tightest of spaces. Like I was on, like I had to, like all the pedestrians who were on the pavement had to just stop and watch me do this turn in the middle of the road. No, I can't like you to say And then the other, and then the other time it happened, I went down a no entry. It was, oh yeah, it was, I was in the middle of the main road and I turned 
and it was like a no entry. So everyone started beeping me. But by that point, it was like too late for me to like turn around. So I just drove and everyone spooked and shouted at me and I just did my thing. And it's that. So basically, so you, endan- like you basically you endanger lives. Okay, cool. Got I, it. I, I can't. I no, can't but, like well, no but what I'm saying is, like, if I my, see that it's no entry, I try not. I don't go down. Go down it. It's just like Google Maps where I am doesn't work very well. So like it doesn't know the roads are no entry. So by the time I've already started turning, I'm there. Oh, okay, fair, fair. And it's actually sometimes more dangerous to go back. Like I can't go reverse back into like a main road. That's dumb. That's even more dangerous. Let me tell. Let me tell you something. My crime. It's costing maybe 10... You know what? It's not even £10 all the time. That £10 was special. I felt like I really had the game when I managed to cut £10 off the shop. <laughs> Every now and again, I'm like, mm, yeah, okay. Let me let me save 30p on this one tin. If I, if I scanned 11 tins instead of 12, like, that's where I was coming from. You're, you're turning right on no entries? Nah, Nezzy, I can't. Mazzaline. Can't believe it. No, I know it's not good. What well, can I just? Can we? Oh, go on. No, go on. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, can I add a topic? No, I was about to wrap it. No, we have to discuss the topic because we're being on social media. Have you guys seen the thing about the bus driver? No, what bus Ebony driver? Ebony K. Williams. Oh, is this on um, the, the interview dating with below you? Dating the dating bus driver oh, thing. Oh lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I no. I'm sorry. I just need to give my little rant here because I feel here this is go, really annoying me. So for those who don't know, there was an interview in which Fix My Life, Ianla, Auntie Ianla, Pat My Butt, Pat Pat My Butt, Ianla <laughs> was being interviewed by Emily K. Williams, who's like a, a journalist, like I don't think she's like a lawyer, attorney, journalist on the Grio, and. She asked Ianna, like, what do women need to do to step into their divine... Ianna was saying women are not positioning themselves as queens. They're not entering into their divine power. They're not accessing their feminine. They're in their masculine, whatever. So she said, what do women need to do to access their divine power? And Auntie Ianna said to her, would you date a bus driver? And she said, if he owned the bus... And obviously, social media erupted <laughs> because black men were like, this is the problem with modern day black women. They will not date a man with a hardworking job. And I just want to say, this is my public service announcement. Stop asking black women stupid questions that you would not ask another race of women in the equivalent position. What about whether they date? No, they ask. Like, do you they ask those? No, 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 they do. No, they do ask no, those was, No, they do. How many? How many celebrity white women do you hear being asked? Would you date a bus driver? Like, quick, tell me one. But I don't listen to them. But they de- like I've seen I've seen TikToks where they like the same the same pickmes that are apparently only really prominent in the black community. Are, they're they're there. They're in the white community. They're saying the same nonsense. No, like, no, no, of course, pick me. Like on t- I'm not talking which, about TikTok. And, pick, and pick TikTok my, my, everybody. But my thing is, are you listening to white celebrity interviews that you're just not yes. interested in? Like that? I'm like, very really? invested in the white world. Yes. Ask Trini, man. He calls me a white woman in a black woman's body. <laughs> like, 
No, I'm joking. But I've actually, like, I, of course I do. Like, white media is basically everybody's media, like, if we're honest. Like, white media is everybody's media. So, like, white mm. celebrities are, like, everyone's celebrities. In the sense I, that, like... So, it, I, I don't it's, know it's about It's not the that, same. Right? It's not the same, like... Like, black people are watching white people in a way that white people are not watching black people, right? It's not that. But what I'm saying is, I don't, I don't think it's... I know I can't say that they are never getting asked this, right? I don't, I don't know because I don't watch them like that. Um, I don't think it's They're not impossible. getting asked it in the same numbers that we... The, this convers- I feel like this conversation happens in the black community but, like on repeat, like every six months, cyclically. Do you not feel like feel like that? It does, but yeah. I, I don't know if it's... Again, I'm not going to talk about the communities that I'm not invested. Like if it's... White people talking about white stuff, I'm not necessarily going to be there in the conversation. So if they're talking about it, they may be. I just don't know about it. I don't care too tough about it. Um, I think it's a... The bigger problem for me is the the classist undertones of it because we're so in, ingrained with this idea of there are certain jobs, right, that make you less worth it and we see it in different guises so whether the conversation is about whether a celebrity would date a bus driver or whether it's questions of is there a salary limit before you should start dating full stop or questions of oh who pays on the first day all of these kind of conversations they're they're really redundant right because all it comes down to is the suggestion that dating and happiness and simple things like even even the You're on mute. You gotta take yourself off mute. That's so you crazy. You're on mute. I went. So, Nezzy, can you tell her? Can you tell him he's on mute? I need you. No, to actually, understand. what happened is that black women collectively muted Tunde. They must have. Was, the ancestors yeah, came and collected me mm-hmm. for my earlier sins. Damn. So uh, repeat uh, what you were gonna say, but say it. Say it better uh, and say something different. <laughs> better but different um no so what what i said was um at the end of the day i think it's just very re- it's very redundant conversation because it's just v- iterations of there is a certain level of money you need before you are allowed to be happy right so we are no, i don't think that's a conversation at all Hold i think there's two different conversations uh, excuse me let me finish um what I'm saying is this question about would you date someone who is a bus driver? Would you date someone who is in a um, who's in a job that's not seen as respectable, right? What makes them... Res- that is the question. That literally was the question. Would you date a bus driver? Okay. This, this, and this is why this conversation gets very odd because nobody was saying that a bus driver is not a respectable job. You asked a celebrity lawyer who yep. lives in a multi-million pound whatever house yep. in Harlem yep. if she would date a bus driver. You didn't ask if a bus driver is generally a respectable job. You didn't ask the average woman on the street. It's like like you asked somebody that it didn't make... Like it was a it was a weird question to ask her. And that's my point. My point is, isn't okay, that. But is, but and isn't that's why that, I feel like the class is weird because yes, let's think about... Weird. No, no, let's, who is it? Tabitha Brown, whose husband was a... A police officer, was it? That's a completely different conversation because when she met him, she was not a multi-millionaire celebrity chef. Okay, but the point is, right, there are examples of people who have got very different, like, 
multimillionaire chef police officer, right? They have very different career trajectories. They have very different backgrounds, right? I don't think it's necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily an inappropriate or a completely pointless question to go, all right, look, you are here now. Is there, because this is the question, right? It wasn't, the fact that she is where she is now, the question is, okay, well, would you date someone that's all the way down here? Even if that's not outrightly being said, those are the undertones of the question, right? Because we wouldn't be having the same debate, right? If we said, would you date someone else who is a lawyer? Would you date someone else who is, and not even like a super lawyer, not even like a super lawyer, not a celebrity lawyer. Of course it wouldn't be a conversation. So that's what they're doing. They need to make it so it's interesting enough for people to have the conversation. And that's what makes it interesting. But it's the classist undertones that make it. The reason why bus driver is such a worthwhile question because they, would, they wouldn't they would ask it if it was another career that was seen as respectable or seen as equitable. It's not about being respectable. I don't think anyone thinks that being a bus driver is not a respectable job. Like, it's a hard-working, respectable job. The point is, is that <laughs> you're asking a woman who is extremely driven, ambitious, and has a very high-paying job and is very well-off, is she would marry a man who earns significantly less than her. And like what and and the question so the question isn't whether being a bus driver is a respectable job or whether being I don't know but it's uh, not it's not the specific it's not because the specifics of, of it because none of these jobs the, are not respectable but it's not it's the, the, it's it's the not, difference it's not the specifics of the job though what I'm talking about is it's the fact that it comes back to right because you are earning this much right your expectations are then aligned to the earnings and earnings potential of whoever your partner is right. And that is a fair point. But the reason why the questions are phrased like that is because it then comes back to, okay, well, we don't want too much disparity. Even if you happen to find someone who ticks all your boxes, right? Look, you can say what you yeah, want. Because, because the question, no, but, 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 that's my, but my, that is exactly my point today. There is not an acknowledgement that that massive wealth disparity yeah, or the, that, that gap, that disparity can cause significant issues. So it's framed as elitism and classism without an acknowledgement that actually... I think it can be many things at once. It can be many things, but what I'm saying is when it comes to black women, the suggestion is always that we are asking for too much, that we think we're better than we are, that we are looking down on black men and that we we are asking, we uh, we think we're above everybody if we want to date somebody on that. And the reason why it's specifically, I feel like it's, even if you look at the narratives in like Tyler Perry films, all this kind of stuff, it's always like, she was with this rich man and he treated her like trash. And then someone came and drove a tr- truck and he treated her like a queen. And she initially was like, oh my gosh, you drove a truck. But then actually he turned out to be the best man in the world. There's this constant narrative. Push- and, Did you like, just quote a Tyler Perry with, with movie Basically, yeah, that's, that's a literally quote Tyler Perry movie because it's it's like, and it's not just Tyler Perry movies; it's other movies as well. And I feel like it's a constant narrative pushed at black women that if you have a well-paying job, and you feel like actually I want to partner with somebody else who also has a well-paying job, that 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 you're being elitist, classes, and also it's not even looking at things statistically. Like actually, the statistics show that women who earn significantly more than their husbands are twenty percent more likely to suffer domestic violence because actually patriarchy means that men often cannot handle that gap in salary and it usually reflects on resentment and violence towards their partner so it's not even like you're being crazy for not wanting to risk that like there is literally statistical research that shows that those wealth gaps and i'm I'm not talking about just a wealth gap but when it's specifically the woman being a higher earner than the man 
actually causes strain on relationships. So like projecting it as like every woman who says that is being like elitist or classist instead of actually maybe women are actually thinking about is this going to be something that causes significance? And it's not just to do with wealth. Class is a factor. Again, people acting like you thinking about class is like you're the worst person in the world. No, it's the fact that actually those things can cause strains on relationships. Like if you are a professor at university and you are going to all these things and your partner does not enjoy those things and is not trying to go to those things. And it's not saying that if you're a blue collar worker that you might not like those things because you can. You could be somebody who who is a plumber and you actually love art and you love whatever stuff that your partner's into. But the point is, is that you thinking about that and wondering about whether that might be a problem does not make you a bad person. And and people don't level those accusations at white women in the same way that they do black women. I'm sorry, they just don't. The, 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 there's a feeling with black women is that we are supposed to accept that black men are not doing as well financially as other groups of men. And so therefore we need to offer grace and we need to date whatever options we have available to us, especially because, and these are all the comments that were on the thread, black women are the most single out of any other group. Black women are the least feminine out of every other group. Black women are always the ones complaining they can't find a man. So if they are in this position, how do they have the right to demand that they want somebody who earns the same as them. Those are the comments from black men. Wow. And that was... I know how he's been trying <laughs> That was Rants up, with so. Nezzy, um, episode 163. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, I really need to get that off my chest because that was the thing that really ticked me off this week. No, yeah, I do. And I understand where Tunde is coming from, but I honestly feel like some of us need to grapple with the fact that we honestly just think black women don't deserve that much. That is, that's our general thing. Like black women ask for too much and we don't deserve that much. And black women really should just pipe down and stop demanding things that they don't really deserve. And I feel like that was the undertone. And I'm not saying that the woman who said the things that she said wasn't classist because actually she did a follow-up interview and the things she said in the follow-up interview I found to be classist and I did find to be elitist because she said things about certain jobs being mediocre. I didn't like that. But her initial statement was not wrong. Everyone projected their own feelings and their own stuff about black women onto her statement. The fact that she then later turned out to be quite classist, okay, fair. But the point was her initial statement, there was nothing wrong with that. Harry, I'm going to let you... I'm going to let you finish because I... <laughs> I'm going to let you <laughs> No, I, I, yeah, I, I think the the conversations and the call for podcasts to be uh, gatekept a little bit more, and people, you know, deciding who should get uh, podcasts or radio shows. I agree with that a little bit because for me, the reason I, I'll be honest, I don't care about the individual and what she was saying the constant conversations about it and the all the various iterations of it whether it's um what what uh jobs would you not date or who should pay on the first date or if you are not earning a certain amount should you even be dating at all or if you're on benefits and yet you have a mobile phone or you can afford a ps5 are you really struggling like all of those conversations for me that's and yeah you're probably right it is projecting but that's what i get from all of those conversations it's just but they're all very different conversations that's my thing i don't feel like the conversation yes Uh, and i feel like the conversation what i hear from it right what i'm hearing from it is just a lot of different variations of at what what is the salary 
boundary or that salary line or that line of wealth at which you're allowed to have nice things or be happy or do things that make you feel good about yourself without then complaining about anything else all of those things i i hate them i hate i hate anything that's but I feel like that's a, a completely different conversation to this specific conversation. Because my problem with these conversations is not even about... My, my problem with all these conversations is that black women always get dragged in to be the problem. And and this and the reason the reason why I say this is because I feel like all these conversations... Like, these conversations highlight... Not these these because I feel like they're all very different conversations. I feel like the conversation about whether you should go on a date if you end about... So I think it's stupid because... Again, it's the same as this conversation. You date people who want to date you. And if you both can't afford to go to the Shard, then grab a picnic basket and go to Hyde Park and sit on the grass and talk to each other. Like, you don't need money to date. You just need the other person to be interested in you and a, a place where you can talk privately. That could be a park bench. So all those conversations to me are completely different to this conversation. This conversation is about whether black women are allowed to have certain standards and requirements for whatever in terms of fun. and also about like what is the difference between just like dating to have fun and also dating with your future in mind and are you allowed to have certain parameters and standards around what you want for your future and like that looks different for everybody and I don't and I feel like specifically like a lot of these conversations come come back to like in the black community black women are con black women are constantly told and, and what this highlighted me from the conversation just from the comments from 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 people where black women were constantly being told that they weren't desirable enough and they didn't have enough high status in society to make any demands. And that was a repeat comment from people. So I don't really care. Like all these other conversations about who should pay for it, I just think they're stupid. I don't really care. But this conversation, the reason I care about this is because I care about the message that's constantly being enforced, which is that black women ask for too much and black women, their status is less than other people's and therefore they do not have the right to require certain things. And that that is my problem. The, the whole kind of thing specifics about jobs and stuff like that, I just think is stupid. I just feel like date people who want to date you. But I feel like this specific, I feel like as a community, we need to look at why we why we feel like black women having certain requirements. Why, why that we feel like so black much. women should have less. We're always forcing them to have. Yeah, like have why less. does that why does that in, why does that evoke so much emotion in people? And I, and, and, and I honestly feel like people aren't honest about the fact that they genuinely believe that, like, in their heart of hearts. And and, and not even just, like, standards. they're not being honest. Yeah, but, like, in the comments, literally, repeat comments that I saw were, black women are masculine, black women are more likely to be single than everybody else, black women are always complaining that they're not able to find a man. Yeah. Those are the three repeat comments. And those three repeat comments are basically saying, you guys do not have enough to even be asking about this. Why are you even talking about whether or not you did? Well, you can't even find a man, so who cares what, what job he has? And that's the basic yeah. comment. And it it exposes, like, the... See, that is actually femphobia. But it exposes, it's, it exposes the, like, large-scale misogynoir with, like, black women deciding to have standards. And I... Because I feel like we don't ask the comparative questions to men. Like it's only women that get asked. Oh, from like, would you stoop down and? Because I, I don't know. I just think I, I hate the positioning of those kind of questions. Anyway, like, would you date a, a bus driver? Like, oh, just, why are you asking? Like, like as if that's anything to be sniffed. It's just like people should just date. Like, it's a stupid question. Like, just let people date who they who they want to date. Like, in terms of financials, like if you're someone who's like quite well off as a woman, you might want to date a man that can support that same lifestyle for you. And that's fine. 
like if you want to if you wouldn't mind dating someone from any like financial bracket that's also fine but let's not be on here like policing and just going over the top for all of black women's choices it's just gets tired and with that i'd like to wrap it here that was tales from the plantation volume 51 we had me harry tubman we had Tunde. we had nezzy yep. you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, everywhere else soundcloud you all the places you can get good podcasts um, you can find us on Instagram at Tells from the Plantation, Twitter at Plantation Tells, Facebook Tells from the Plantation. Continue the conversation with hashtag Tells from the Plantation on all social media platforms. We will love you and leave you until next time. Peace. I think we can probably do the last one.